In today's show, we look at buy low targets for fantasy basketball, sell high targets for fantasy basketball, talk about why they're over or underperforming. You know how it goes, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble, and on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We want to buy low, a sell high show. A reminder you do not have to go and acquire a buy low player. You don't have to get them. If you can get them for cheap, you do it. A sell high player, you can. Just write it out if that's what you so choose. But it is always worth considering whether there is a cash-in element to what they're currently doing. And if you can get that trade done, you do it. Otherwise, you can just ride out the hot streak. That is how this all works. All right, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's look back to this show two weeks ago. The Week 12 Buy Low, Sell High show. How did we do? How were the results uh, of how these players improved or decreased? Torres Maxi was 387th. It was just after he'd returned from injury. Um, there was some concern about his role, whether he was going to stay on the bench. And now we still don't even know if he's going to be bench or starter or not. But he's jumped up from 387 to 105. 105's not actually a crazy spot for him to be rest of season. We've talked about his limitations in rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and how his value is in points and high volume efficiency. So, look, that's fine. A big win if you bought low, but that's about it. Jalen Brunson turned the tables massively. He went from 242nd to 17th since then. Now, that swings him very much in the other direction, I think, as a sell high. But, you know, again, probably just ride that out because no one's going to give you a top 25 player, I wouldn't have thought, for Brunson. He's getting by on just a gigantic diet of minutes, and there's going to be drop-offs, as we saw. Bunkero was 229th, big Palo. Since then, he's been 47th. That's a huge W. He is going to be up and down with fluctuating defensive stats and fluctuating efficiency numbers. So you know, you've always looked to see if they're buy lows or sell high opportunities with him. Chris Paul, well, this has been a tough one. He was 96th. And we said, okay, yeah, bit of a buy low value. Well, the value improved. He went from 96th per game to 62nd per game. But of course, he's hurt now. So yeah, not great. Um, you still, I think if you were able to buy at a decent enough cheap price, you might be rewarded, but it's getting really troubling at his age and the multiple injuries and the um, unclear timelines with him. And the other one was an injury one. We knew this. this. We did the buy low, sell high show. I think it was just before Zion's injury or just after he'd heard it. We hadn't, didn't have a diagnosis. And I said, it might be an opportunity to buy low on Zion, understanding that you're going to lose out in the short term in a big way. You are going to lose out in a big way in the short term. And then I think after the show came out, we heard the at least three-week diagnosis, which was more severe than I thought. I was expecting two weeks. Um, so we're looking at three to four weeks. Obviously, he hasn't played since. So the jury is still very much out on this. 
and it needed to be a situation where you bought low, you need to be in a strong position in the standings because you were going to take a hit for a couple of weeks. So again, no jury's out, I guess. For the sell highs, Christian James McCullum was 20th. He's 36th since then. The Zion injury has um, helped keep his numbers pretty high. Obviously, the non-return of Ingram has also helped. Is that bloke ever coming back? Um, so maybe he is still a little bit of a sell high because every one of those players that returns, Ingram and Zion, will impact CJ. Kevin Porter Jr. was 19th. He's since 120th. And now he's hurt. Obviously, a big W if you sold high there. But I still think there is a chance of Porter being top 60, top 70 rest of season. Gary Trent was 27th. He's cooled back off to 86th. Since then, um, I think that's about reasonable for him. Points, three steals. That's what he is. Bad field goals. We know what he is. So he was on this real hot streak. It fell away, but he's still solid. Clay Thompson, not much change there. 42 to 48. A bit surprised that he stayed at high at 48. So that's probably didn't. That's probably not a W as a sell high. Um, and quickly was 63rd, and he's now 135th, and we don't really know where it goes from here, do we? We were trying to see, get any value back in a trade, any top 100 guy back before Barrett returned. He flashed some value with Barrett there. Um, and then the next game or last game yesterday, he didn't do anything. And it's going to be a lot of backs and forwards. So there was some value, I think, there in selling high on Emmanuel quickly. And it looked like it uh, paid off. Now, the next one is, well, not the next one, the first one, the buy low. It's Paul George. And I put those rankings up just to put the heading on. He's 410th in the last two weeks. Like, I think that's the second worst player in the entire league. Because he had that one game against Denver where he played 14 minutes and shot 11%. He's 327th in points leagues. The stats do not matter. You are not buying low because someone's going to look here. But Paul George is an 11% shooter who plays 14 minutes a night. No one is going to look at that and believe that is the case and, and that sort of stuff. So nothing here. Um, no stats I could put up would make sense. His numbers per game... Basically what we thought, 16th per game. He's missed a lot of time. He's still 49th in totals. What you want to do here on a buy low for Paul George is capitalize on the frustrations. He might return today. And then if he does, he'll sit tomorrow or he'll sit today and play tomorrow. The return is coming for Paul George. But the frustrations for him are palpable. Everyone hates on this guy, hates on the Clippers organization. Um, the injuries are frustrating, absolutely. But this is, again, a top 20 player per game this season, who you don't have to pay anywhere near that amount to get him. None. Not not remotely close that you would have to pay. Now, there'll be people who have him and go, look, bro, I held on to him for this time. I'm not trading him. And that that is the right idea. That is the right mindset. But you've played fantasy for a long time. How many fantasy managers don't have the right mindset or panic? Like I've had people who held on to Rob Williams for 10 weeks. He plays two games. Go, what do I do with Rob Williams? Can I drop? This this happens. So this is where you need to start to um, you kick in. And could, could you get him for a, a, a top 50 player? Is that possible? It, it, re it really is always going to depend. Again, I wouldn't give up a top 20 player. I wouldn't give up a top 30 player for Paul George. There's just, there's just no way that I would do that. But I would definitely consider yeah, a top 50 guy and I would see, because this could be a big difference maker for you in the playoffs. And we could get hurt again, realistically, at any point. But I'd be very interested in doing it. I'm just looking at the recent trades of Paul George over on Yahoo. Paul George and Tyler Hero for Thomas Bryan and Anthony Edwards. All right. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Um, but yeah, like, 
it's about finding the frustration of a manager, finding if you can do it. And again, you might not be able to. And when Paul George returns, he'll put up good numbers. But this is the opportunity. See if you can see what you can do. Let's go to one who has, has actually been playing, and that is Andrew Wigo Wiggins. Wigo is has been bad, I think, since he returned. I think that's fair to say. 211th ranked player in category leagues, 114th in points leagues. He's averaging five fewer fantasy points than he has all season, 27 versus 32. So why? Wiggins has been a guy in the past who has struggled as a category league guy quite a bit. Like he he has he has struggled. Like he hasn't ever been this excellent category league guy. And he's been top 70 this season. So what's going on here since he returned from injury? Well, one of the things we saw from him um, in the playoffs, and I haven't even mentioned this on the sheet here, is that his rebounds were, were sky high. Well, they've actually dropped back off again now. He's down to 4.2 over his last five games. So that's back to the, the old bad rebounding Wiggins. But more importantly, he's shot 41% from three this season. He's at 21% since he returned. That's the, that's the obvious thing there, right? I don't think Wiggins is going to be top 70 rest of the season. I've got him actually around 90th. So be careful what you offer up. But he's shooting 21%. He's shooting 48% from two when he's at 55 for the season. And while that is above anything he's ever done, he's still been over 50 for four consecutive years. So... There's plenty of room for that to improve as well. He's at 55 this season. And he's also only playing 27 minutes a game since he returned. He's at 32 for the season. And yeah, the minutes are creeping up. He played 32 last game, but he hasn't had a game where he shot over 42% from the field since he returned from injury. He's had um, two real disaster free throw games. He hasn't had a steal or a block in either of his last two games either, although he did you know, buffer the numbers with a five steal performance. I just think there is some real value here on, on, in Wiggins. Um, again, I don't believe that he will be a top 60 player, but I do think that you can look at those shooting numbers and expect significant improvement, which is going to bump him up back inside the top 100 pretty comfortably. And if you can get away with maybe the manager's got him and panics that it's old Wiggins, who hasn't been a top 100 player for yeah, many seasons, um, and you can get away with getting him at a probably a little bit of a cheaper price, I would say. Today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. If one of your New Year's goals is to manage your budget better and save money, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscription that you don't want and press cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back or forth. Nothing worse than emailing back and forth. Hey, can you cancel? Oh, are you sure? How about we give you an extra month free at the end? Like, no, just cancel it. Yeah, but we just have to get that approved from our manager. Just cancel it. It's so frustrating having to deal with this, but Rocket Money does all that for you now. There are over 3 million people have used Rocket Money now and save the average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. Let's go to Atlanta. Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's 187th over the last two weeks, 141st in points leagues. He's averaging just 23.7 fantasy points 
versus 26 for the season. So what is actually going on? There have been some real stinkers here from Bogdan. Not to say that he's been a top 100 player this season because he hasn't. He's the 130th ranked player. He is, I think, a 12-team league guy. I think, he, yeah, look, he is a 12-team league player. But that high upside is not really gigantic for him. So why, but why is it so bad at the moment? Well, he can't hit a shot. This And it's, I will continually go on about this and you might feel it's repetitive, but that is why players in category leagues go up and down a lot. It's either a complete reduction in defensive numbers or your percentages are completely out of whack. Bogdanovich is hitting 24% of threes and three-point percentage is always a great one to target because it's not a category that gets tracked on fantasy basketball uh, sites, ESPN, Yahoo. They're not tracking the three-point percentage. So you look at someone and people love looking at rank. Love it. Rank is the number one thing that people care about. And you might disagree with it because you don't do it, but I am telling you it is the number one thing that people care about. Why have you got this guy ranked here? Why isn't he ranked here? Why this guy's ranked in this spot over the last two weeks? He should be there rest of season. Like, But there's other things that make up it. And that's what we try and dig into. And one of them is three-point shooting. He's a 37% shooter this season. He's at 24%. That's easy. He was at 37 last season. He was at 44 the year before that, 37 the year before that. He's a track record of being a good shooter. He just can't hit anything at the moment. His two-point percentage is also a little bit down. But as you see, like when you when your shots go from 24% or from 37 down to 24%, that means your made threes go from 1.3 to 2.9. So it's 1.6 threes per game, which is a gigantic swing. It's over one standard score, one Z score change there as well. But that's 1.6 threes is 4.5 points, which again is another decrease in your overall fantasy production. So he's averaging 10.8 points versus 15.6 points for the season. Three-point percentage influences three separate categories. Field goal percentage, three-pointers made, points. You lose out on the three-point percentage, you have a cold streak, everything falls away. And that is exactly what is happening for Bogdan. I think that, yeah, look, he is, again, a 12-team league guy, but, but a back-end player. But if you can get him for like a hot waiver ad that you've gone gone with and he's played you know, a week or two's worth of value, Bogdan is going to have a stretch where he puts up top 80 numbers to get him back to sort of the level he needs to get. He's going to have a hot 44% shooting streak for a couple of weeks. And he's going to average 18 points in 30 minutes. And then you get that value back. So now you try and get him for a back-end sort of a player. And then we, we wait for that improvement to come, which I'm pretty confident that it is going to come. Let's go to Phoenix. Talking about disappointments, DeAndre Ayton. He's, I'm just, I'm, I'm actually out on him as a player, just in general. Like, can he be? I was gonna say, can he be any more than a Yusuf Nurkic as a player? I'm not even sure he is Yusuf Nurkic as a player, or even as good as Yusuf Nurkic as a player. He just, I don't know. There's just so many struggles in, in what he's doing. He's 126th in category leagues over the last two weeks, 61st in points leagues, and in points leagues. He's actually doing about the same. This is a great illustration of the differences between category leagues and points leagues. He's averaging 33.76 fantasy points and versus the season total of 33.54. And when you look at his numbers, you, you look at it and go, ah, well, yeah, they, they should be down. So why are his fantasy points not down? Well, it, it's, it's really straightforward. Is that the things that he's really struggling in are defensive stats and field goal percentage. And they don't actually matter in points leagues very much at all. And he's made up for the drop in efficiency because he's had to play a couple of extra minutes because of injury absences, and his usage has gone up. And that's balanced that out. But in a category league, the fact that he's been so inefficient and not impacting at all defensively really kills him. 
So he's a big man who last season shot 64% from two, shot 64% from two the season before that. He's at 60% this season. And over the last five games, he's shooting, oh yeah, 49% from two. It's unfathomably bad. He needs to be better. He, he will be better at two-point percentage. As much as I can criticize him, he'll be better than that. He's also like, his shot blocking numbers are horrific. 1.5 as a rookie, 1.2 the next year, 1.7 or 0.7 the next year. And he's at 0.7 this season, but he's blocked one shot in his last five games. He's also had one steal in his last five games. His defensive numbers are in the toilet, and that is always going to hurt him if you can't get any defensive stats. The fact that he's gone from 1.5 blocks to 0.7 blocks over four years in his career is embarrassing for someone as big and athletic as he is. And he's taking it to another degree by doing nothing over the last five games. But that 0.2 will not stick. It will come back up. He won't block one shot every five games. He'll come back and block one shot every two games, which is still shit, but it's much better than where he's been. So there are clear things here. Now, I think he can be around top 50 rest of the season. Maybe not, but I think he can be. Because I do have faith in that his field goal percentage, which was over 60 the last two years, can push back to pretty close to that. I also have faith that the, the steals and blocks are going to improve from where they were. But I don't know. But I'd be happy to you know, have, have a crack at... Because you know, the frustrations, they're building in me, right? I, I am frustrated with him as a player. But he's not losing his starting spot. And those numbers are going to come back up. So if I could get a, send a top 100 player to get Aiden, I, I would do it. Let's go to Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving. Um, he's 77th over the last two weeks, Kyrie. In category leagues, he's 33rd in points leagues. He's averaging 40 fantasy points versus 41 for the season. So it's a little bit down. With Durant out, we, we hope we get a little bit of a boost from Kyrie, but it's not... Yes, that can still happen. And the usage is actually not really changed since Durant's been out. So what is changing? Well, he's not hitting shots. Again, 48% from two. He's at 57 for the season. And is this season an anomaly? I don't know. He hit 51. He hit 50 last season, 56 the year before that, 52 the year before that. So while 56 is or 57 is really high, 48 is really low. So 55, 54 median point. Can we expect Kyrie to get there? Yeah. Kyrie also really good three-point shooter. In fact, his numbers this season are down or across the board. His last three years, 42, 40, 39. This season, 36. And over the last five games, 28. That is go that that one, I assure you, is going to come up. No doubt about that at all. He's also, now he's never been the greatest free throw attempt player, but that's well down too. And when you are a guy who gets a lot of value from the free throw percentage category because you hit 90% of them, when you go from almost four attempts down to almost three three attempts, which is a big decrease, a 25% decrease, it impacts your overall fantasy impact. Uh, fair, yeah, overall fantasy impact. This One of the big things with Kyrie is efficiency. His true shooting for the year is 59%, really good. Last two weeks, it's 48. There you go. There's your one indicator. Now, true shooting percentage isn't a category for most people, but it's also a great single number snapshot to see what is happening. Is someone's efficiency really hurting them? And the answer here is, is yes, pretty clearly because his assists are actually up for the season. His rebounds are a little bit down, 3.6. His defensive stats are about the same. His free throw percentage is a bit down as well as his attempts. His scoring is a little bit down, but that's based on efficiency. It's really obvious stuff here. Can Kyrie be top 20 rest of the season? Yeah, I, I, I do believe that he can even though some of his numbers haven't necessarily added up to that this season. 
I do believe that he can. And part of it is a lack of steals as well over the course of the year. But I would very happily send a top 50 player for Irving. People who are worried now that he's, he's also popped up with a questionable tag today. You're not going to get him with a top 50 player. Like I know I just said that out loud when that sounds stupid. You're not going to get him for a top 50 player, but you can look into him as a top for a top 30 guy, top 35 player, especially if he misses a game today. I would look into it. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest trod, not trods, latest ends and, I've said it again, trods and ends. Odds and trends is what you can get for all professional and amateur leagues out there. We've got the NFL players, we've got college basketball, the NBA, we've got it all at betonline.net. And we had the Cowboys really quite easily smash the Buccaneers yesterday. So they move in and they take on the 49ers. They are three and a half point underdogs against the 49ers in the divisional round of the playoffs. You've got the Jags as eight point underdogs. You've got the Giants as seven and a half point underdogs. And you've got the Bengals as five point underdogs against the Buffalo Bills. All of that is at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today, use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's look at some sell highs. Jordy Poole in Golden State. I think is a relatively obvious one. But in saying that, I'm not sure it's as obvious or as guaranteed as what it might appear on the surface. Well, let's talk about it. He's 20th over the last two weeks, 41st in points leagues. He's averaging almost 38 fantasy points and he's averaging just 30 for the season. There's some obvious things that are spiked for him. And interestingly, this spike in production has come since Steph returned, since Wiggins returned, which is really curious. So what's happened here? Why is Poole doing this? Or not why is he doing it? I'm sure he always wants to do it. How is he doing it? 60% shooting from two. Okay, that's crazy. He's at 55% for the season. Last season, he was at 55%. The year before that, he was at 55%. So we, we look at this and go, all right, I don't think that that is going to stick. Like That is probably going to fall away. He's also getting by by hitting 37% from three. And when you look at it compared to the season number, which is at 32, you go, okay, there's probably some regression there. But there is no reason that Jordan Poole can't be at least a 36% three-point shooter rest of the season. That that shouldn't be too unrealistic. He's a good three-point shooter. He hit, what did he hit last season? 36%, 35 the year before that. He could be that player. But he also, for you know, 40 games, has been a bad three-point shooter this season. One of the things that's intrigued me here is his rebounds are up almost double. 4.3 rebounds over the last six games versus 2.6. Does that tie into Andrew Wiggins' lack of rebounding activity? Maybe. I wouldn't say that we're going to rely upon Poole to be an aggressive rebounder because he just never has been. So that's something that can have an impact. But it's more this two-point shooting and the overall efficiency spike where he's at 64 true shooting and for the season he's at 57. So there is going to be a drop there. His free throw attempt rate is up. He's hitting more free throws which he was, he's a great free throw shooter, but when you're going from here, 3.5 attempts from the line last season, he's gone at 5.7 over the last six games. So that that turns that category in from a strong one to a massive, massive W. Like it was good, but it turns into a huge strength. And you tie that in with high three-point shooting. He's playing 33 minutes a night versus just 30 for the season as well. And there are a couple of indicators here that Poole is going to fall away. 20th ranked player. I think that top 70 for him is sort of realistic rest of season. So finding a way to sell high for a top 40 guy, a top 50 player, could he be 50th? I don't think so, but it's not outrageous to suggest that. So I, I try to sell for a top 40 guy, 
But again, when we're looking at it, it's not just dump him at any cost because he can be a 37% three-point shooter. That 59 might just be 57. Maybe he can get four rebounds. All of that is actually in the realms of possibility. So this is a true sell-sell high with a big lean towards ride it out unless you're getting actually strong, strong value. Be aware of it. I wanted to highlight that. This one, though, I'm pretty confident with. I want to apologize, firstly, for Harrison Barnes. I said, look, he doesn't really have any upside, right? These last two weeks would suggest that I'm wrong. I apologize for that. I didn't expect this sort of stuff from Harrison Barnes, and I was wrong. I still maintain that this is bullshit, what he's doing. 27th in category leagues, 77th in points leagues. He's averaging 32 fantasy points versus 25 and a half for the season. So it's a big jump there. So the question is begged to us, how? How? I'll tell you how. He's hitting 66% of his twos. 66. He's at 59 for the season, which, by the way, is up from 53 last season. And this is the one that you know has no real, no basis in reality. He's hitting 53% of his threes. He's at 37 for the season. 53% from three has zero chance of sticking. He's actually at 40% from three over the last two months. Maybe he can be a 40% three-point shooter. He never has been in the past, but he's been 39 a lot of times. So that's realistic. 40%. Which we look at 40% and go, man, it's a great three-point shooter. That's really good. And then we hear 53, and we don't think there's a big gap between them. But there is. It's the same percentage point gap between 40% shooting and 27% shooting. And one we go, that's a really good three-point shooter. And the other one is a horrific one. Don't ever take threes again. But between 40, which we go, that's excellent. And 53, we go, that's excellent too. We don't actually see the size of that gap. And that's led him to double his, or over double his three-point output. He's averaging 1.63s this season. He's at 3.6 over the last seven games. So, of course, the extra two threes per game puts him over 20 points per game in that time frame. Three-point percentage is a triple multiplier. It takes him from being a fringe player to being a top 30 player, and that's just not real. If I could get a top 60 guy for Harrison Barnes, a top 70 guy for Harrison Barnes, a top 80 guy for Harrison Barnes, I would do it. There is not going... And honestly, when you see this level of shooting, the way it balances out is usually he'll have a stretch where he hits 28% from three and does that for two weeks. And he's the 280th best player. And that hurts. And then when you look at his other lines to get him to 27, his other numbers, like 3.7 rebounds, that's not good. 1.4 assists, oh, that's actually putrid. 0.7 steals, oh, actually bad as well. 0.3 blocks, well, for him, that's actually triple his usual output. It's still bad. Like, he's not getting by on anything else. He's getting by on hitting every three in the world. So it's going to be a drop-off. That one, I am very confident in telling you. I'm also pretty confident in Brogo. Malcolm Brogdon, 43rd over the last two weeks, 82nd in points leagues. He's averaging 31 fantasy points versus 26 for the season. Yes, he's going to have a boost with Jalen Brown out. This is true. But... When this team is healthy, he's going to actually be on the bench fighting with minutes with Derek White and Grant Williams. They're all going to be coming off the bench together. So how has Brogdon pushed himself into the top 50 over the last two weeks? I'm sure you know the answer. It's three-point shooting. 55% of his threes. Brogdon is usually a solid three-point shooter. Now, last season, he shot 31%, which was bad. 39 the year before that, 33 the year before that. He's been all over the place. This year, he's been amazing. He's hitting 45% of his threes. And somehow over the last eight games, he's taken it up a notch to 55%. 
So not only will I tell you that he's not going to stick at 55, he's also not going to stick at 50, at 45. He, he just isn't. He might be a 42% three-point shooter, but everything he's done for this season has been predicated on hit, hitting a million threes or hitting them at such a high rate that it keeps his field goal percentage high, keeps his scoring high. If he wasn't hitting threes at 45%, you wouldn't even touch him in 12-team leagues. You wouldn't even consider it if he was at 38% or, heaven forbid, 31% like last season. You wouldn't consider it because he gets no steals, no blocks. He gets low rebounds. He's not getting high assists. His usage is low and his minutes are low. He's just really benefiting from being able to maintain gigantic uh, three-pointers. He's also, he's a really good free-throw shooter, but he's at 96% over the last two weeks, which is way up from 89. And again, 96 is, we don't see the drop. 96 is great. 89, very, unbelievable three-point shooter. Uh, a free-throw shooter, 89, great. 96, really good. But again, if you were at 82% from the line and you dropped seven percentage points and you went down to 75, we'd say you're a good shooter versus a bad shooter. Now, yeah, so we don't see that difference between being very good and very good on the free throws. And all of these little things impact. And that's why he's averaging four and a half extra points per game. And that will come down. Is Brogdon a top 100 guy rest of the season? I don't think so. I don't think he is. So if I could get him for any top 80 player in a trade, in a category league, in points league, a top 100 player, oh, I would do it. Let's go to LA. Let's talk about the Lakers. Price of the brick going up. Really good stretch here for Russell Westbrook. Really good. Is there, or are there reasons for it? Yes. Austin Reeves is out. Lonnie Walker is out. Patrick Beverly's been out. Anthony Davis has been out. Westbrook is playing under 29, under 29 minutes a game this season. Over the last two weeks, he's up to 34. So there's your number one, one of your number one things. We know he gets buy on volume, right? So that's gone up. Usage is up two percentage points as well over that time with all those players out. He's having to do more, understandably. And then he's also, is he double whammyed? Is he triple whammyed? Pretty much. He's turning increased minutes, increased usage, and pairing that with increased percentages from three and from two to turn in much better lines. He's the 29th ranked player in category leagues. He's 16th in points leagues. He's averaging 47 fantasy points versus 36 for the season. He's a 29% three-point shooter this year. He shot 29 the year before that. He shot 32 the year before that. He shot 26 the year before that. He's at 36% over the last seven games. If I'm a gambling person, I'm putting money on Russell Westbrook not continuing to be a 36% three-point shooter. I'm also putting money on him not continuing to be a 53% two-point shooter when he's at 48 for the season. He was at 48 last season. He was at 48 the year before that. Nice little run here for Westbrook, but he's pairing increased minutes, increased usage with, with better threes and better two-point percentage. And that stuff is all going to come crashing back. And then when he goes back to being a 42% overall field goal player, which he is for the season, then he comes back becoming a giant negative on your fantasy team. He's also upped his steals in this time. 1.4 steals versus one steal per game. He averages one steal this season. You know what he averaged last season? One steal. Can he, could he, conceivably be 1.4 steel player? I guess so. Could he conceivably be a 36% three-point shooter? No. So there is a big drop-off here for Westbrook. He probably still should be rostered in a category league, understanding that you've got to be really cautious of both percentages because he's so bad in them. But there is a real spike going on with, 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 yeah, with Westbrook over the last seven games because of the absence of Reeves, of Walker, of Beverly, and of Davis. And Davis is still a few weeks away, but those other guys might return in a week. So you windows now for Russ Westbrook. And the last guy we talk about is another point guard, and it's Markel Fultz. 
Fultz, I really like this season, but he's, I think, outperforming a little bit. 45th over the last week, 68th in points leagues, averaging 32 fantasy points versus 29 for the season. So what's happening? Why is he doing it? How is he doing it? Can he be top 100 this season? Yeah, why not? He already he is, and I think he'll continue that. But over the last um, seven games, he's shooting 66% from two. Now, that is a ludicrous number. That's Mitchell Robinson. That's Daniel Gafford. It's not a point guard. He's at 53% for the season, and, and that's probably got some level of reality to it. But 66, no. The next thing I included here is his three-point attempt rate. So why is that important? Because that doesn't actually impact overall fantasy numbers, especially when he's a bad free throw, uh, three-point shooter. To be fair to him, he is hitting 32% of them for the season. It's 0.4 a game. It's nothing. But over the last seven games, he's actually at a putrid 17% from three. So you'd look at that and go, well, Josh, his three-point percentage is actually down. Why it matters here is that while he's not shooting them well, he's basically just stopped taking them. 13% attempt rate is not high, but he's taking under 9% of his shots from three now. Meaning that the ones that are going in are all the two-pointers, so that is all he is focusing on. So 91% of his shots are from two-point range, and he's improved his two-point percentage from 53 to 66. If he was to have kept that three-point percentage higher at that 13, 14% mark, and he was hitting 17% of them, you would see the impact overall in his field goal percentage. Yeah, it would drop a lot. His scoring would drop because he was taking more inefficient shots and the overall production would fall away. But And it's smart. When they're not going in, focus on what you can do. But it's very unlikely he goes the season hitting just or attempting just 8% of shots from three and then hitting 66% from two. And by the way, while he's done this, he's averaging two steals a game. Now he's at 1.7 for the season. He can be a good steals guy, but he's not that good of a steals guy. Go back to 1920, full season of 28 minutes a game, he averaged 1.3. Like it is, He's been really good on steals, but I've got some skepticism of it staying that high. I think Fultz is a top 100 player. If I could trade him away for a top 60 guy, I would do it. And in a points league, if I could trade him away for a top 80 player, I would do it. Top 90 player, I would do it. You might not be able to, so it might just be, hey, let's ride it out. But there are a few things here, mainly that two-point percentage, which just has no chance of sticking. And that, We'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.